The views expressed on this program are solely those of the speaker and do not reflect the views and opinions of Centennial Securities. Be reminded that this podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Happy Friday! Welcome to the Weekly Investment Podcast, where we discuss the week's must-know investment news and how it affects your money. I am your host, Walter. This week, we discuss Jackson Hole, military defense, and Cali's gas car ban. It's been another exciting week in the investment world, so let's crack right into the news. Jerome Powell shocked financial markets with comments made in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. In a speech that lasted just eight minutes, Federal Reserve Chairman Powell sparked a market rout that continued well into this week. What did the Fed chair say? What did his comments mean? And are we paying too much attention? The Fed chair made the battle against inflation front and center in his commentary. Powell mentioned the success of, quote, Volcker disinflation, end quote, invoking the persistent rate hikes enacted by Paul Volcker, Fed chairman from 1979 to 1987, who was also battling a period of high inflation. Powell's most damning statements mentioned the, quote, unfortunate costs, unquote, of fighting inflation that will bring, quote, some pain, unquote. The Fed's message for the U.S. was clear, that stubborn inflation will require an aggressive policy of further interest rate increases. The stock market, however, was hoping for the Fed to provide guidance on a timeline for eventual rate decreases due to the rising risk of higher rates leading to a recession. Powell's speech changed that view quickly, causing stocks to fall. Interest in this year's economic symposium at Jackson Hole was much higher than in previous years. This is not surprising. With the economy battling the worst inflation in four decades, investors are trying to find out what the Federal Reserve's next moves could be. History suggests that what is said in Jackson Hole is generally not a big deal. Over the past decade, the S&P 500 has lost 0.2% on average on the day of the Fed chair's speech, and the index was typically up a half a percent after five days, 0.1% after 20 days, and 4.5% by the end of the year. History, then, would suggest that markets are putting too much emphasis on this year's comments from Jackson Hole. However, 2022 has not been a typical year for financial markets, and in a year that continues to surprise, the Fed's next moves will depend on economic data still to come in the ensuing months. It's been estimated that the United States will spend $777 billion on the national defense budget for the fiscal year 2022. Military spending is 
big business, and the stock prices of the U.S.'s biggest military contractors have been a bright spot this year. With the war in Ukraine increasing the defense budget with each new round of spending, how is the U.S. supporting Ukraine's military, and what companies stand to benefit the most? Military aid to Ukraine has been broad to say the least. From larger anti-aircraft and anti-tank systems, to tactical vehicles, including artillery, helicopters, and personnel carriers, to unmanned drones and radar, and bullets, body armor, and first aid kits. The list goes on and on. Since January 2021, the U.S. has invested more than $13 billion in security assistance to Ukraine, according to the State Department, and the U.S.'s support of Ukraine's military does not seem to be wavering. Some of America's biggest contractors are reaping the rewards. Northrop Grumman Corporation is an aerospace and defense technology company with 90,000 employees and annual revenues in excess of $30 billion. Northrop is one of the world's largest weapons manufacturers and military technology providers. Their website states that they design, develop, and build and support some of the world's most advanced products, from cutting-edge aircraft and next-generation spacecraft to unrivaled cybersecurity systems and all-seeing radars. Whether it's making a 200-ton airplane invisible, predicting cyber attacks before they happen, or solving the mysteries of the universe wherever the boundaries are possible. Lockheed Martin is the largest defense contractor in the world, with net sales of $67 billion in 2021. The company makes a wide range of military aircraft, including the F-16, F-22, and F-35 fighter jets, as well as sonar technologies, ships, missile defense systems, and missiles used by the Navy. It is not uncommon for almost half of Lockheed Martin's arms sales to come from the U.S. government with taxpayer-funded revenue equaling more than the entire budget of the IRS and Environmental Protection Agency combined. Raytheon Technologies Corporation is an American aerospace and defense conglomerate headquartered in Waltham, Massachusetts. It is one of the largest aerospace, intelligence providers, and defense manufacturers in the world by revenue. Raytheon's website says it offers safer, more connected flights by connecting people in places faster and more efficiently, smarter defense systems by providing operational advantage against new and emerging threats, and intelligent space technologies, bringing us closer to new worlds and a better one here on Earth. Missiles and missile defense systems make up a big portion of the U.S.'s relationship with Raytheon. California announced this week that it plans to ban the sale of new gasoline cars, effective in 2035. This decision will likely speed a wider transition to electric vehicles across the U.S., because many other states follow California's standards, as was the case when the Golden State adopted the first tailpipe emission standards back in 1966. California regulators will vote to restrict and eventually ban the sale of gasoline-powered cars, and the new policy was outlined in a news conference this Wednesday. 
California is the largest auto market in the United States, with over 14 million registered vehicles. And many other states tend to follow California when setting their own auto emission standards. If those dozen or so states follow suit, the new restrictions would apply to about one-third of the total auto market in the United States. The rule, issued by the California Air Resource Board, requires all new cars sold in the state by 2035 to be free of greenhouse gas emissions like carbon dioxide. The rule also sets shorter-term targets. 35% of new passenger vehicles sold by 2026 are required to produce zero emissions, and that requirement increases to 68% by 2030. The rule is seen as a win for the climate, with transportation being the nation's top source of planet-warming greenhouse gas emissions. Views on the effect of California's rule are mixed. John Bazella, president of the Alliance for Automotive Innovation, which represents large automakers, said that automakers wanted to see more electric vehicles on the roads, but that California's mandates would be, quote, extremely challenging, unquote. John is quoted again, whether or not these requirements are realistic or achievable is directly linked to external factors like inflation, charging and fuel infrastructure, supply chain, labor, critical minerals available, and pricing, and the ongoing semiconductor shortage, end quote. The biggest automakers in the U.S. seemed largely in support of the new rule. General Motors previously stated that the company has a goal of selling only electric vehicles by 2035, and a spokeswoman said, quote, General Motors and California have a shared vision for an all-electric future. End quote. Ford's chief sustainability officer said that the company planned to invest more than $50 billion in electric vehicles and batteries by 2026 and said that the rule would, quote, set an example for the United States, end quote. A spokesman for Stellantis, which owns Chrysler, Fiat, Dodge, among other brands, intends to introduce 25 new electric models by 2030 to help support California's goals. California's rule must first get approval from the Environmental Protection Agency before other states can enforce similar restrictions. A few states, including New York, Washington, and Massachusetts, have similar legislation pending, and other states that follow California's lead are expected to consider similar rules over the next year. If successful, the U.S. would be a global leader in electric vehicles. Canada, Britain, and some European countries, including France, Spain, and Denmark, have set goals of phasing out the sale of new gasoline-powered vehicles by 2040. None, though, have regulation quite like California's new proposed rule. Next week, and in honor of Monday's Labor Day holiday, we discuss the four-day work week, a productivity, productivity killer or a cost saver for companies. Tune in next Friday for that and much, much more. Thank you for listening, and please have a nice weekend when you get there. Talk to you next week.